Hello and welcome to another episode of the Running Tales podcast. I'm Craig Lewis and in this post-London Marathon week we just had to talk to someone who took on the 26.2 mile distance on Sunday. David Swales is a partially sighted stroke survivor whose fascinating blog, It Doesn't Get Easier, You Just Get Stronger, chronicles his journey following his stroke in 2016 and how running is a central part of that. David ran the virtual marathon on Sunday, but in order to allow him proper rest and recovery time after the run, I spoke to him on Friday evening. So I'll let you know how he got on at the end of this episode. His is an incredible, inspirational story of overcoming adversity. And I started off by asking him how and when he first got into running. So I began running, I can't remember how many years, probably about eight or nine years ago. Probably not quite that, eight years ago. Um, And I've been diagnosed as a type two diabetic. um, And that's actually genetic rather than anything. I'm not overweight. I I was reasonably fit, ate a healthy diet, but I was diabetic. And one of the ways to control your blood sugars is to do more exercise. So I took up running really to help with my health and diabetes. And it was quite a shock to me when I tried to run and I couldn't get to the end of my road because I was so unfit. So I'm quite a determined person. And that really, um, that, that, was, that was a shock to me. So I decided I've got to start running a bit more seriously. And so eventually what I did was I went to Parkrun. Um, a friend of mine suggested Parkrun. So I started running at Parkrun fairly regularly. Um, met quite a few people, so ran with those. But if I fast forward now to April 2016, it's day etched in my mind um i was running a 10k in uh an ickworth park it was uh, a race series that they do there and it was uh, like i say a 10k cross country and i wanted to finish in under an hour and as i was sort of coming toward the finish um there was this big hill and i looked at my watch and thought i'm not gonna make it I, I, you know it's coming up I just won't do but I thought I've got to give it a go so I sprinted up the hill I mean I really pushed it hard and I did finish in 59 minutes 58 seconds which I was really delighted about um I knew I'd tried hard I knew I'd pushed harder than ever done before but I didn't think anything was wrong I I I thought I was just feeling a a bit odd you know I, I had pushed myself so I just thought it was that um so what i did was i rested for a few minutes and then drove home and about 10 15 minutes after i got home i was in my kitchen and i went blind i lost all my vision it went uh, really fuzzy so I, I could see vague shapes but it, everything was out of focus so i couldn't see a thing so i sat down and after a few minutes uh it cleared and i was left with what i thought were the visual effects of a migraine now i've had migraines for many years and i've uh, you know that these fuzzy lines and, and i could see a fuzzy line so i thought oh it's just a sudden migraine and i really didn't think anything was wrong um so i um sat down rested for a bit um and then it wasn't for several hours and i thought hold on I actually can't see anything to my left and I was feeling a bit strange and I literally couldn't see anything to my left at all 
So I thought, oh, I better phone 111. So I phoned 111 and they said, oh, get yourself down to the out-of-hours doctor and they'll take a look. The out-of-hours doctor said, actually, I think you've had a stroke. You need to go to A&E immediately. And he took me around, jumped right to the front of the queue. Because um, uh, in with stroke, time is massively of the essence. You know, for every second that you're not treated can can cause greater and greater impairment. So I um, had various tests. I had a CT scan and an MRI test, and it revealed I had a stroke in two places in my brain. Uh, one was at the back of the brain, and that's caused the loss of 40% of my vision, and that's permanent loss. That's never, ever going to come back. So I can't see. It's not that I've lost sight in one eye. It's both eyes. I cannot see anything to my left at all. Um, and the other part was in a place called the thalamus, which is just above the brain stem. And that's caused the rest of the problems I have, which are cognitive problems. I, I, I struggle to think things properly anymore. Uh, I have aphasia, which is sometimes I have difficulty speaking. I'm OK at the moment, but sometimes you might hear me sort of hesitate or not find a right word. Um, uh, memory problems. I just, if someone tells me something, I will forget it straight away. And there are great chunks of my life I've just forgotten about. Um, wow. So those are the problems that my stroke caused. Now, the run didn't make the, the run wasn't the cause of my stroke. The probable cause of my stroke was working uh, a very highly stressed job, high blood pressure, but the stroke increased my blood pressure a lot and the clot sheared off and went to my brain. So although the stroke wasn't the cause of my stroke, it made it happen, if that makes sense. The, the run wasn't the cause of your stroke? No, it was yeah. underlying issues around stress, high blood pressure. Mm. So, yeah. No, that's really interesting. And it's kind of answered one of the questions I was I was about to ask, which was having having gone through that, having been quite new to running and doing it to make yourself more healthy, yeah. I, I was going to ask whether, whether you might have come out of that feeling quite resentful towards running, but I suppose being told actually it wasn't the running that did it would have would have helped that. Well, it is that's an interesting question because the point that people have told me, a clinician told me was, if you hadn't have had the stroke that day, you would have had it another day. So, yes, it was going to happen. The run made it happen. Um, do I feel resentful? It. I don't think it's resentful. It, it's sort of like I've described it as and I think I've, I've described it. In my, I've written a blog and I've described it on a blog as about having a personal relationship with my stroke. You know, it tried to kill me. And so it's like this constant battle I have with my strokes. Um, Every, every day I try and do better than my stroke. Uh, some days my stroke affects my life more than others. Sometimes I can't talk properly. Sometimes I can't think straight. I can't do, I really can't do anything. Um, but I, I, I battle against this, this struggle. And I, every time I sort of do things like run, which is sort of almost like, um, you know, poking the tiger. For me, it's like poking the tiger. I've, I've, I, my, my, 
you know, I had a stroke after running and I keep running and I keep running, trying to be better and better is almost like poking a tiger. You know, you dare, dare, you dare give me a stroke again. And I, that, that, that's what it feels like. It feels like a, a bit of a struggle against my stroke to, to try and beat it. Um, so, yeah, so I, I do have this sort of love-hate relationship with running. So I, I, I can't hide from the fact that when I run, I do think about if I push too hard, will I have a stroke? Um, I, it, it's not, it's never too far from my mind. And about, oh, about a year and a half after my stroke, I had a, a mini stroke again after another run. So <laughs> it's sort of, I'm a bit of a mug really for it. I keep running, I keep running hard. Um, but I mean, I, I didn't start running straight away. Uh, I think I waited about eight weeks and then I did park run. And to be honest, that was a mistake. Um, I just felt so bad after it that I stopped for several months. But then I picked it up. Um, you know, park run is a great community for support. You know, when I finished my first run after my stroke, you know, all my friends were standing at the, the, the finish tunnel, clapping me in, cheering me in. And, you know, it, it's great when things, you know, it's a great community. So I'm, I'm forever grateful for park. Was there ever any thought yeah. of I, I, I sort of enjoy this 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 activity, but it's not for me. It's too dangerous. What another word for me? I'm I'm yeah. just not going to do this. Yeah, I mean, I have to admit, it's not the safest thing for me. Two reasons: I am partially sighted, so I can't see anything down low. So I have to be very careful if I'm running through areas, wooded areas. I have to be careful on roads. Uh, and also because I have a cognitive problem and quite often that manifests itself with not thinking properly. So I will do things like oh, I, once I saw a car indicate. Well, actually, I thought it flashed me. So I went, ran out in front of it and it was indicating. So he had to screech to stop. But my mind got really confused. So I have to be very careful. So if I'm if I'm having what I refer to as a fuzzy day, I I might do it. I might go on the um, the treadmill uh, as opposed to run or I'll run with a friend um, and they'll keep me safe. I've, I've got very good friends who will keep me safe when I'm running. And if I do a race, I always have a guide running. Because yeah. it's it, particularly at the start, it, it, when you can't see basically half one side, people cut in, you, you know, you can't avoid them. I'm always looking down because of Again, I need. I can't see. Far, I'm far enough ahead because people are in my way. I can't see what's happening, so I have to look down. Um, so, it, it the start of a race, I, I do need a guide runner really to keep me safe, and and that's you know, unfortunately, I, uh, I know a few people who, a um, couple of who are actually trained guide guide runners. Uh, a few others just are so used to me now that they're they're great at guiding. So yeah, so I do enjoy my run, but it does have that thing around the hap will it happen again so yeah that's aphasia that may not be able to think that's aphasia okay um so yeah i, I want to get onto some uh, sort of the, some of the ways that people have um uh, uh, have helped you and having read your blog not so much with, with i think yeah. people who are friends before but I, I guess there's a really obvious question i want to ask first which was you you must really love running to continue to do it what is so special about running well, to me, I, I mean, part of it is this struggle against my stroke, not wanting to be beaten. That that I, I can't hide from that. That's it. But 
actually I love the freedom you know when I'm you know if I'm struggling with something struggling to think about something and I've got and someone's running with me I actually feel free you know I get a sense of freedom I mean and um and it's great you know it's great that I can feel feel that I'm able to run you know there are so many more stroke survivors who I mean I'm very fortunate that I'm not physically affected my my disabilities are visual and cognitive in the main so i i can run you know many stroke survivors can't so i'm i'm forever grateful for that so i do i do love running it's it is that freedom about thing and it is about pushing myself you know i i now run faster than i've ever run before so even including so i ran so Round about the time I had my stroke, my 10K PB was sort of about 58 minutes. You know, I did my PB now is 49. And on Saturday, I run my fastest ever park run, you know. So, I'm, you know, I, 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 I am sort of constantly trying to improve. And I, and, I, and I think it just shows, it tries to show people that actually having a major um illness it's not really what i mean but um as a stroke doesn't mean your life is over you can still achieve great things and i've done some great things i mean i ran the london marathon you know i've um i've done quite a bit of public speaking um so and and, and talking about my stroke and uh, and you know telling people about the symptoms of stroke and how to be you know just what to look out for so i you know i've done a lot you know, it's been a great, um, I've done things I wouldn't have done if I hadn't had my stroke. So for that, it's a bit strange, really, almost that I've, my parts of my life have definitely improved since my stroke. I was um, I was going to, I was sort of going to ask that. It's a weird, it's a weird question, but because you wouldn't wish it on anybody. But it, is it almost that uh, there's little parts of you which have become better and parts of your life which have improved bizarrely because yeah. of having a stroke? Absolutely. I mean, it certainly has. I mean, it, I can't say that it's improved all my areas of life. My vision's rubbish and my memory's rubbish and all those sorts of things. But um, another thing you mentioned was about how people treated me, whether they treat me differently. And it, it is interesting because you get a lot of people saying things like, oh, yeah, I know someone who had a stroke. Um, they're fine. Well, actually, that's great if they are. But that is not everyone's experience. And people, it, uh, someone once told me, once you've seen one stroke, you have seen one stroke because every single stroke is unique to one person. M my disabilities and the way I'm affected is totally different from the way other people uh, have experienced stroke. I mean, one of the things I've often said to people I run with is when I get, when I have cognitive problems running, I could quite often say, I wish you could spend 10 minutes in my brain to know what it's like and to know actually that I'm not trying, I'm not trying to get sympathy or anything, but what it is actually physically like to deal with something where you can't think properly or you can't speak properly or um, you, you might struggle. So, I, you know, I've fallen a number of times simply yeah. because I'm partially sighted, you know, I don't see everything. But people do treat you differently. I've, I've had some 
really horrible people treat me really badly because of my disability. And that is quite shock. It's been quite a shock to me um, how badly people will treat me at times. And quite often it's fear. It's fear of what that person, you know, uh, they don't understand what that person's going through and they, they seem to react out of fear. So, yeah, I've had some sort of quite unpleasant experiences, but then I've had some lovely experiences. I went, was running a, a 10 mile race earlier this year and I was with a guide runner and my guide runner has a bib on saying guide runner and I'm tethered to them. And this car pulled alongside and just wound down his window saying, you're doing amazing. That is absolutely fantastic. You know, and it really, you know, he didn't have to do that. He could have just driven past. Yeah. But, uh, you know, something like that is really good. So, you know, typically most people are nice, but trust me, there are some not so nice people out, out there. Yeah. And I, and I think hopefully at least that, that a lot of the nice people can be found in, in the running community. I think we have a pretty decent community. And um, what you mentioned, Pyra. The worst incident I had was with a runner. Oh, really? reported to the police so yeah he was incredibly unpleasant told me i shouldn't be allowed out um <laughs> because presumably he didn't feel that you were fit to be competing or doing the same thing that he was well i was running along a path with a friend who'd gone slightly further ahead and he just decided that i was taking up too much space on the path and i explained that i've got a visual impairment and a cognitive impairment he basically told me i shouldn't be allowed out i'm a dangerous people so he was a runner. Wow. So you're right. Runners are lovely, and they are. And 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 I've had so much support from running community. But you know, running is the running community is just a snapshot of the world. They're going to be good people yeah. in there. They're going to be not so good people. Fortunately, the good people massively outweigh the not so good. So yeah. So I continue to run. Um, I don't run near that place anymore, <laughs> in case I bump into him again. But that's, a um, that's a shame in itself, really, that that even on that level, yeah. you feel you can't run down that particular place because somebody has acted in that way towards you and made you feel in that way yeah. about your running. Yeah. I mean, occasionally I go quite close to it. I am in sort of like just, you know, looking out and just in case. But yeah, I mean, you just deal with it, don't you? Yeah, it's, it, it is unfortunately part of the world where you get good and, and, and bad people within it. One thing I saw on your blog, which I thought was quite interesting, was around how people might approach you in terms of how they might preconceive someone who has a stroke to to be. Potentially, you know, the, the lopsided face and things like that. Yeah. Or not to be able to, we're having a conversation now. I know you've had a couple of sort of moments where you've gone, oh, I've forgotten. But generally, it, it's it, been good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it, yeah. you sort of mentioned sometimes you're you're uh, having to work twice as hard to present that. Yeah. I hate this sort of word, but th that normality, if you like. Yeah, I, I mean that, that is a very actually a very good way of describing it. Is it's I spend my life trying to appear normal. Yeah. Because I I, I don't like that I'm disabled. I, I'm proud. I'm a proud. I'm proud of what I am and my how I've dealt with my disability but I don't I would rather people didn't know I was disabled so I work really hard to not appear disabled and people do have preconceived ideas the, the you know the drooping face I've I have had people say well you can't have had a stroke your face is normal because their image of uh, stroke is the adverts on television where face arms speech and time so that that's preconceived ideas and I do and, and I do get that 
Uh, and I do understand why people are like that. And it's, you know, I think um, the other one I tend to get is, oh, you can't have had a stroke, you're too young. That's another, you know, um, babies in the womb can have a stroke. About a third of all strokes are in, in people under 60. It's quite common in younger people, uh, but it, it typically, most people think uh, a stroke happens to older people. So I have had people say to me, but you're too young to have a stroke. But that just simply isn't the case. You know, um, anyone can have a stroke. Fit people, I was reasonably fit. Um, you know, it, 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 it can happen to anyone. So, yeah, so that, that is definitely one of the preconceived ideas people have ab about it. And do you get people thinking a little bit like, I suppose, you, you, your fellow jogger there, that either you shouldn't be doing it or or almost going the other way and trying to be nice and saying, my God, it's absolutely amazing that you're doing this. This is fantastic. And you're actually like, I well, I'm just somebody out doing a run. And <laughs> Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, the chap in the car, that was great because it was really he was really encouraging. I think if you get to the, it's, it's when you feel it's patronising. I think that's the dip, that that where it becomes more of a problem. I mean, people are, you know, when I tell them I've had a stroke, they they're really surprised, you know, and they you know they they tend to be on the the, the thing of oh you're doing really well, you must be proud of yourself and all these sorts of things, and I, and I like that. You do get people who treat you differently. Uh, as a result, you know, people will start to speak, speak slowly to me. Right. <laughs> you know, I can hear, I can comprehend perfectly well. Um, okay, if I have a bad aphasia day, I mean, today's a good day. If I had a bad aphasia day, I would have not been able to talk to you this evening. And and they happen, you know, every once every couple of weeks are really so bad that I wouldn't be able to talk. Um, maybe not quite that often. It's, it, Swing. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Because you have gone on and not just done part run. You sort of alluded to it. You, you've gone on and done a lot of running, including marathons, yeah. including hopefully, fingers crossed for you, by the time this episode goes out on Tuesday, uh, another marathon. That's correct. Yes. Yeah, I do love the running. I do love the running. I love. I, I love. I love being part of the running community. I love this, the. You know the friendships I've made. You know it. The thing about doing a, a marathon, I, I have to admit. Marathon is, is the one thing that I feel I've got unfinished business with because the first time I ran I did London, I got injured after three miles. <laughs> so I limped all the way to the finish. And then the, at the virtual London last year and about three months before I damaged my Achilles. And so I did, hadn't run for about two, three months before I did a marathon, so which is not ideal. So this time I'm a bit better prepared, although I have to confess I've not done too many longer runs. I've just not had it's the summer's been very hot um, and it's been difficult. It's been difficult to get people to run with me at times. So I've not done as many longer runs as I hoped. So I'm going to aim for five hours. That's that will be my target. That will be my target. I mean, I should do that. I mean, that might, you know, uh, uh, I should be able to do that, but who knows on the day. Just getting around a marathon, I, you know, I always say to anyone, it's a pretty fantastic achievement just getting around it. So it it, is, in isn't some it? ways the, the, the time doesn't matter. And, and I guess you're you're doing it with a with a, a guide rider going around with you as well, which yep. I suppose is it's quite nice to be able to run with somebody. I always think the guide runners are kind of incredible in their own rights. 
Yeah, and and I, I mean, I'm running with my son on Sunday, which is great. He's a, he's a runner, but I mean, when I did my um, London Marathon, I had a guide runner for them, and he was amazing. So good. I mean, we have to practice before the day. We had to run. We ran a couple of half marathons because it's it simply isn't a case of turning up and running. You know, you have to understand how the other person runs, all things about like that. So you do have, you know, make sure you go to the right side of the tree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Simple things like that. It, 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 you just have to get used to that. Those instructions and how you relate to each other. And you know, I've, I've been very fortunate in my guide runner, and it is nice. You get company. You do get company all the way round, which is nice. I have to admit that is quite definitely plus about it. But part of the guide runner's job for me is to keep me safe. Yeah. And also to keep every other runner around me safe, because, you know, if I was blindly running down the mall, I could easily trip someone up. So it, it, it's it, it, it's it's more than one thing a guide runner has to do. He has to protect me, he has to protect himself and he has to protect everyone around me. And my guide runner was really strong. So he would shout at people to say, you know, guide runner coming through, guide, you know, you know, and he would be quite directive with, with people. And he needs to be because he's got to have that control over the situation to make sure everyone is safe, including the people who are just suddenly stopped to take a photograph, which happened at Tower Bridge. <laughs> I, I've, so, I've heard of that in, in the sort of past, I mean, not so much at an event like the marathon, but but even at things like Park Run with with some of the um, uh, the, the kind of the wheelchair racers or um, our local Park Run, we've had both uh, deaf and blind runners do it. I mean, I, I, I find the, the one problem I tend to have at Park Run tends to be dogs because I can't see low down. Yeah. And dogs tend to be low down. So if they start to drift into my way, I could trip over them. So I tend to be sort of fairly anxious around dogs just in case, because I, I don't want to hurt them. I mean, it's not, it's not just about me. It's I just don't want to trip on, tread on a dog. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you have to be very careful and aware of what's around you. Um, and at the start of park run, typically I try and run. I, I, I don't tend to have a guide runner at park run, but at the start I tend to find, right. Oh, I know you run sort of my sort of speed. So I'll, I'll sort of run next to them and, you know, keep myself safe that does it, way. Does it make it, um, I mean, I, I guess if you're doing a, the same park run regularly, uh, people, not everyone obviously, but people will know you there and you'll know the no. course and so on. Yeah. Does it make it harder to sort of think, oh, I might do a bit of park run tourism this week or something like that? No, I do park tourism, park run tourism. Um, and I, again, I wouldn't have a, a guide for that. I tend to be a bit slower though or try and be a bit slower because obviously i don't know the course so well i mean the course i ran at various nevins is a trail one mostly trails so that's quite a challenge for me and interesting I, it's two probably about three years ago for world vision day i ran it totally blindfold with a guide runner and i finished a minute slower than i previous the previous week because i know where all the routes are yeah i know where all the holes are <laughs> And my guide was really worried and scared about me falling over. But I, I, I was saying things like, oh, um, coming up probably about 20 yards, there's a, there's a hole in the thing. And she said, how do you know that? And I said, I run this every week. So it is a case of you just you, you do become when you're partially sighted, you do become very aware of hazards and things. And, and, and I've run Berries and Evans Park run 100 and I don't know, 
15 times or something. So I, I do know it pretty well. Given the sort of conversation we've had, I've, I've, I'll, I'll say this a bit carefully, but I do think it's you are you are, you are quite inspirational in what you what you do. I mean, I, I read a um, a story about a uh, a runner who he's an ultra runner who uh, had a amputation and, and basically runs on crutches on one leg, uh, and he said, "Don't call me inspirational because I just want this to be a normal thing." Um, is that kind yeah. of the way you think about it? It's interesting because people have do say that and. To what I normally say is, well, all I am is just a middle-aged, crumbly old man just trying to do the best he possibly can, given given what's happened. And I don't think of myself as inspiration. It's not why I do it. I don't do it to inspire people. If that happens as a result and people are inspired by me, then I'm, I'm glad for them. Yeah. But I don't take any credit for that. All I've tried to do is be the best I can. And I think that's what everyone should do in life. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're disabled or not. You should always try and do whatever it is, the best you can in life. And okay, I am disabled, but it to me, that's just something I just deal with. And it's not something that, I don't go around shouting out, oh, I'm disabled, I'm disabled, look at me, look at what I'm doing. Um, if people find out I'm disabled and see what I'm doing and find that, um, inspirational, then I'm I'm pleased for them. I, I'm not puffed up in pride in the sense that that I don't think I've done anything special. All I've done is tried to live my life. I'm uh, conscious when I say this that there's one very massive goal around the corner on um uh, on, on Sunday. But aside from the London Marathon, are there any other sort of uh, uh, targets that you've got your eyes set on? Well, that's a good question. Well, I'm always looking to improve my times. So I would love to go, do a sub two hour half marathon. I know I can do that. I've, I mean, I've run a 10 mile in 126, which is much, you know, definitely on that sort of time scale. I don't have any particular longing to do an ultra. <laughs> uh, I, I really, I just think that's a bit too much for me. I, I, the marathon is for me, I think the limit. But I did say when I was doing you know, 10Ks, I would never do a half marathon. And then I love half marathons, my favourite distance now. <laughs> so, and I said, when I do half marathon, I'll never do a marathon. So I've done two marathons, I'm going to do a third. So, you know, I won't say never, <laughs> but I, 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 for me, it's about just trying to improve where I can and, and not let my stroke beat me. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, I know, you know, I'm, 59 i know that my running career is not coming to an end but it is you know it's closer to the end than it is uh, to being a youngster anymore so there comes a point and it probably is in the next few years where my times will start to drop away what i do know is i am running faster than i ever run before you know that is absolutely the case i've, I've never run as fast as i have done in the last year the last year i've had pbs for 10k 10 miles 5 miles 5k so you know i've and that's all the age of 59 so you know i'm not i'm not hanging up the running boots quite yet uh, well david that's fantastic thank you so much for joining me on running tales today good luck uh, it, it sounds thank a bit you. strange because by the time people hear this <laughs> you'll have done it yeah. good luck for sunday okay that's very kind thank you very much I hope you enjoyed my conversation with David Swales as much as I did. The good news is he successfully completed his virtual marathon on Sunday, 
beating his target of five hours to finish in four hours and 56 minutes, smashing his previous personal best by 45 minutes. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, please, please give us a review and rating wherever you listen to this podcast and tell all your friends how great we are and make sure, most importantly, that you come back here next week for another inspirational running tale. Thanks for joining us.